You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. We've got a jam-packed hour of content coming your way if you stick with us. In this segment, we're playing the Circle of Trust. Uh, Kind of like the Circle of Life, but nobody's killed and nobody is going to be held up like Simba on Pride Rock. Instead, we are looking to teams in the NFL that we actually trust in the postseason because those teams seem like few and far between now that it feels like we can't trust the Eagles and the Chiefs. Then at 7.20, on to college football, previewing the big game between Michigan and Washington. Does our gut override our research when it comes to taking Washington in the points or laying the four and a half with the Wolverines? Then at 7.40, time for some big plus money on the card. We do our show parlay and try to go 5-0 and one time for this season we have not won one uh one of one of these parlays just yet but it just means we're due right week 18 of the season we gotta win one at some point right maybe not uh, but <laughs> we shall see uh jenks what was your favorite disney movie growing up because as oh i was singing the circle of trust i keep mm-hmm. thinking how fire the soundtrack was for the lion king and going back and looking at some of these Disney movies, they had really good soundtracks. Uh, so I think Lion King has to be up there, even though mm-hmm. it was very sad. Nobody wanted to see. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, maybe turn off the radio now. Nobody wants to see Mufasa die. Uh, but still, one of my <laughs> favorite Disney movies ever. What are some of your favorites? Well, I just want everyone to know that you said turn off your radio now and you gave everyone a half second. Like if they are reaching for their radio, immediately here comes a spoiler. I have not seen The Lion King. As a matter of fact, I've hardly seen any Disney movies at all. You haven't seen The Lion King? No, because when I... I know, but here's the thing. I want to see a movie. I don't want to see a cartoon. And I understand that (laughs) <laughs> they're much more in-depth than that. I understand that they're very good movies, but when I see a movie, I want to see people. I don't want to see a cartoon. I don't want to see animation. So I, all of these movies over the last 20, 30 years that involve cartoons, Disney, I've hardly seen 
any of them. I've never seen The Little Mermaid. I've seen the newer one. You could go down a list of Disney movies over the past two decades. I bet I've seen none of them, honestly. Ooh, maybe it's your demographic. Because I think I was... Well, no, a lot of these came out like a long time ago. Like some of these Disney movies, they've been popping for a while now. Like I think some of the original ones came in like 1950. Uh, I get your point on cartoons. And I had this exact thought when Fox started showing all these cartoons for adults. I was like, who wants to watch this show? Family Guy, a cartoon for adults. Why would you ever watch this? Then I gave it a chance. I was like, wow, Family Guy is actually pretty funny. Same with yes. King of the Hill. I used to think it was so weird. I was like, what psychopath is watching cartoons as an adult? <laughs> These people who watch Adult Swim, like they can't be like normal human beings. And then you start watching and you're like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Maybe I'm one yeah. of those people. Do you watch cartoons like that? Like, have you ever watched yes. The Simpsons? Oh, sure. Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. All of those, Mm, I think, are hilarious, and I've watched those on a regular basis. So that's different to me. I've watched a lot of Adult Swim, but for some reason, when it comes to movies, I've seen the South Park movie. But, yeah, when it comes to Disney movies or something that isn't like King of the Hill or like made for television, for some reason, I've just missed out on all of that. Well, you were a child at one point. Like, I understand now. I feel like it would be weird if you... (laughs) <laughs> if you sat down, I was like, it's time to watch Beauty and the Beast. You know, it's somebody in their 40s. But as a kid, you didn't watch any Disney movies? No, they really, well, I watched some of the classics, you know, like you Snow White like or something like that. But I watched a ton of cartoons, you know, like Looney Tunes in the morning, stuff like that. Or then when it was spider-man and his amazing friends or a he-man or something like that but as far as these disney pixar movies weren't really a thing when i was a kid it was more of the classics like i don't know lady in the tramp or something like that you know yeah so it was the it was more of the classics i've seen those but sort of the new age when animation is sort of taken on a new form and they're able to animate things in ways they couldn't before those movies started becoming a thing I think when I was like in high school and then going into college so I think I just missed it when I was young so I didn't really get into it yeah same I didn't have like the good animation just yet like Toy Story and all that that was like a little right when I was a little older like they were good movies but I wasn't like a child uh but let me get one thing off my chest before we move to the circle of trust sure I was trying to watch the Polar Express during Christmas time that yeah. animation's not good. Like, I remember when that came out and people were like, oh, my God, the graphics are so amazing. And then you watch it and you're like, this looks creepy. And the animation is not good. It feels like I'm watching an older version of NBA 2K. Huh. Do you remember the first time that you saw good graphics on a video game and you're like, yeah, oh, this looks kind of weird. Like, it looks somewhat realistic, but the eyes are real dead. <sighs> Well, I also grew up during the Nintendo era. I played Atari, Chelsea. So, yes. <laughs> I remember when the original Atari came out. I remember when I had a floppy disk, and I put that, and I'm talking about the floppy, the real floppy, or the five mm-hmm. and a quarter, whatever it is, and you put it in, and I'm like, wow, I've never seen anything like this in my <laughs> life. Incredible. These graphics are amazing. And, of course, they weren't amazing. And then I remember before there was AOL, 
there was CompuServe. You probably don't remember CompuServe, but because I was into tech, yeah, I was into technology and computers very early in my life. I really enjoyed even programming and stuff. And I know it's so nerdy, but I just was so fascinated by it. And I remember getting advertisements in the mail for CompuServe. It was like, hey, go online, get sports scores, get news stories, play games. And I was like, what is this? Because the internet was, it was in the the gestation period. You know, he, nobody knew what the internet was. So I was like, what, what do you mean? Go online? Get sport. This sounds so cool, but I couldn't imagine it. I just couldn't, I didn't know what it was and I couldn't figure it out. Like, and I didn't know how to do it because I'm in a small town in Texas. I didn't have the technology to do it. So anyway, yes, that's where I was mentally. And that's the era in which I grew up. So God knows that if I saw a little dude shooting a basketball from outside, I was like, oh, wow, this is the most amazing thing ever. ever. So things have definitely <laughs> improved in a major way. Well, if you ever want to sound a million years old, have that exact conversation with somebody who's in like Gen Z. They're like, what yeah. is this guy talking about? His first oh, time so on the internet? He couldn't comprehend it? David, let's bring you in here. Because uh, I want to ask you, maybe this is because I'm female and I know a lot of the Disney movies were geared towards little girls and they were musicals. So like, maybe it's not crazy that Jenks has not seen a lot of these Disney movies. So have you seen all these Disney movies? Now, Jenks is a communist, straight up communist. Yes. Whoa. I, I mean, like, all right. That's right. For you not to, <laughs> like, there's epic, epic Disney movies that are not from the 1960s and 70s. Now, granted, mind you, oh, my, sure. my all time favorite is still Mary Poppins and forever will be Mary Poppins. But that being what? said, Mary Poppins? Yes. Love of me all some... the Disney movies, Mary Poppins. Yeah, Chelsea, shift favorite? it. Go off on Double D instead. Let's shift the focus here. I'm not saying these movies so aren't good, by the way. I'm just line. saying I never what got about, into now, them. Now, wait a minute. As far as pure animation movies, Chelsea, I think The Lion King for me has the best music, but Aladdin has mm -hmm. the best story of all. But no, as far as Disney movies, Mary Poppins is my all time favorite. I've watched it so much that I can actually say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious backwards. Oh, my God. Okay, so now you got to do it. Go ahead. Docious expialidocious Holy crap. Oh, well, I don't have a fact checked on it, but it sounded right. So we'll give you a 10 out of 10. I just, Chelsea. I've seen Mary Poppins, <laughs> and I don't remember it being that memorable. Um, so this is a conversation I didn't think we would be having. Uh, but how about we get to the circle of trust and some of these teams that are in and some of the teams that are out because the whole reason we got in this conversation was the circle of trust uh, in the NFL. <clears throat> who's in, who's out, and who is still, you know, we're making our mind up on. So, David, let's go down the list of the teams in the NFL. Who's in the circle of trust? All right. First off, Ravens, betting favorite to win the AFC title but do you trust lamar jackson who has only won one playoff game jenks yes i do absolutely how could you not lamar jackson is going to win the mvp again and isn't it amazing 
how narratives change over the span of a few months. Remember before he signed his contract, didn't have an agent, and ever he was up for the taking. Falcons could have had him. A lot of teams could have signed Lamar. Nobody. Oh, Double D, doesn't that just kill you? Doesn't that just kill you they could have had Lamar? It doesn't? Oh, you like Desmond Ritter. This is what you're telling me. Okay, that's fine. No, Lamar Jackson is playing better than anyone in football right now. And the Ravens, the Ravens got that dog in them. They are playing with this underdog, angry mentality each and every single week. This is their year. They're scared of no one. And they keep having injuries, and it's next man up, next man up. I think Lamar is out to prove something. He doesn't have to worry about the contract any longer. I'm all in on Lamar. Trust. Trust. Big trust. Big trust. Isn't that one of their slogans? Big trust. Didn't Mark Ingram, yeah. Ingram make up that nickname? Big trust. I think if there is any team you can trust in the AFC, it does feel like the Ravens. Don't they feel like the most consistently good team in the AFC? Because normally I would say it is all relative. And normally there is a bunch of young, high-flying quarterbacks in the AFC, but Joe Burrow's out of the picture. Patrick Mahomes' receiving core is absolutely terrible. The Dolphins are really banked up, and it feels like they don't play that well against the best teams in the NFL. So I think if there is anybody who's in the circle of trust, it has to be the Ravens. Even though I do think if they match up with the Browns, that's going to be a really scary matchup going against Joe Flacco, you know, their old elite quarterback that maybe will make them a little bit nervous. But I don't think it's necessarily fair to look at Lamar Jackson and say, well, he's has one playoff win. Uh, a lot of this has had to do with the fact that he has been hurt down the stretch. And, you know, when you're a running quarterback, you accumulate some of these injuries. So half the time he's not even playing in the playoffs when it gets that time of the season. So I don't think this is a fair narrative. And I do think the Ravens are in the circle of trust. I'll say this much, and I'm, I'm just going to leave it at this. He has to prove it to me. Mm-hmm. He has to. One playoff win, you, you, you got to prove it. You got to prove that you can take that next step. And if he does, I'll come on here and backtrack everything that I ever said about Lamar Jackson being overrated. If he goes on to win the Super Bowl, I will say yes. He deserves every little bit of that money that he got. But until then, until he proves that he can win more than one playoff game, I still think he's overrated, and I do not trust him at all. All right, let's really quickly go on to the Eagles at plus 550 to win the NFC. But the Eagles have been looking completely different team than the, in the past couple weeks. So... Do you trust the Eagles to even make it out of the first round of the playoffs, Chelsea? Ooh, I'm not sure if trust is the right word to use for the Eagles. They're still a good team in there somewhere. And I think you have to remember, playing against the Cardinals, Kyler Murray is not your run-of-the-mill, bottom-of-the-barrel team quarterback. At one point, Kyler Murray was in the conversation for MVP. Yes, this was a real thing that happened a couple years ago. And you've also got to remember who the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, who has ties to Philadelphia. Maybe he knew a little bit what was coming there. So maybe you'd throw that one out a bit. I don't think they're in the circle of trust, but maybe not as bad as people are expecting. I disagree. And I don't think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. 
I think he used to be a decent quarterback at one time. Now he's mediocre at best. You know what? I won't even say distrust. I'll take it old school. Remember this? Oh. Oh, oh the old poop emoji. That's what I think about the Eagles. The Eagles don't even trust the Eagles. They're a mess right now. The Eagles right now are just a group of guys who have no identity whatsoever, and they're falling apart at the wrong time. No trust for those guys. Oh, the poop emoji? We need to send that to the Eagles fans. Can't wait to get them on you. In the mentions. Should be a fun time warding off the haters. All right, coming up next on the Daily Tip, it's time to talk college football. Washington, Michigan, who takes it all in the national title next on the Daily Tip? Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we're back on this jazzy Thursday edition of the Daily Tip. It's Thursday, January the 4th, which means we have nothing to look forward to. It's January. It's the worst month of the year. Uh, At least we do have the national championship game coming up. That's, you know, maybe one of the only positives of the month of January. We will have that next Monday between uh, Washington and Michigan. We'll talk about that game in full detail in just a few minutes. But, Jenks, as I was scrolling Twitter this morning, Mm -hmm. bright and early, I saw a quote that made me almost spit out my coffee. And it came from Giannis Antetokounmpo last night on the Pacers now beating them four times this year. Should be noted, the Bucs have only lost 10 games this year. Four of them have come to Indiana. So he says this, you think about it. When you go home and sleep and wake up, you think about it. When you go back and work out, you think about it. Him talking about, you know, the Pacers beating him all these times. When you're about to get freaky at night, you think about it. Giannis, what are we doing? No one needed to know what you were thinking about before you get freaky at night. And who references like getting freaky? This sounds like something your like teen the living teacher would say in you know like 1995. Yeah. Do people talk like this? Do you reference it like I'm about to get freaky? <laughs> what I always say is I say I just texted the lovely Catherine. I think we're going to go home and make whoopee tonight. That's what I say. <laughs> Isn't that what the kids say? <laughs> Didn't they used to say that on the game all the time? Oh, when you're making whoopee, you remember that? Oh, my God. <laughs> that will never come back ever. Well, I guess he is the Greek freak. So maybe he's using his own like marketing and terminology. And I was wondering, like, does his fiance call him the Greek freak in bed? Like, maybe. I don't oh, know. God. But these are conversations that I did not want to have about the you Milwaukee Bucks. Facing the pace. It was on my timeline. I couldn't unsee it, so you couldn't unsee it either. Like, do you ever do that? Do you ever yeah. send something to the lovely Catherine and say, because I had to see this in cringe, you know have, now have to see this in cringe. You're welcome. Yes. And I just get a text back that says, like, babe period <laughs> like what is this and i'm like well 
somebody, I got to talk about it with somebody. I didn't mean to see it, but I stumbled upon it. Now you also have to stumble upon it. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm like, I don't want to be alone here. Somebody's got to check this out besides me. So that's what you just did to me. I kind of respect it, honestly. So before Giannis is, you know, getting in bed, I wonder if he's just yeah. flashing highlights of Tyrese Halliburton just dropping dives like, oh, what a pass. Oh, my God. Oh, 66 assists to only four turnovers in his last four games. And his wife is like, Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Giannis. Come back to earth here, Giannis. buddy. Hey, <laughs> hey, baby, before you put that on, let me just re look at this pass. Look at this pass that I made. Unbelievable. <laughs> One of my better assists of the season. Now I'm getting all riled up here. Giannis. Giannis, enough, enough. Who knows? I never thought we'd ever discuss the bedroom habits of the old Greek freak, but here we are. You never know. He's European. It's all different over there. Yeah, somebody needs to remake that meme of, you know, when the guy's like laying in bed and he's like looking the other direction and the oh, girl's yeah. like looking at him and be like, oh, I wonder if he's thinking about other girls. And it's Giannis be like, Man, Tyrese Halliburton just dropping dimes. <laughs> I hate that guy. You need to make that meme. You should make it and put it out there. Probably do well. It's a good oh, one. If only I had the time. Like, that's the thing about making memes. Like, nobody ever talks. They take time to make. Like, unless you're like a graphics wizard, which I'm not. I'm like, yeah. I wonder how I can do this. Let's do Instagram stories. Put some text. Uh, so, no, I am not going to be making that meme because I have other things to do, like handicap the national championship oh. game between Washington and Michigan. And we've already had this conversation at um, the top of the hour, last hour, I believe. And I think mm -hmm. the bullet point for me going forward is how much do you trust your gut on games like this? Because my gut keeps saying, you know, it won't shut up. It's like it's had a thousand mm -hmm. probiotics. And it's like, Chelsea, take Washington in the points. They're getting four and a half again. What are the books doing? It feels like a mm -hmm. Washington team that's been undervalued all season long. And sometimes we'll see this for Pac-12 teams uh, because nobody sees their games. They're playing late at night. They don't play in the conference where it just means more. Or they have like yeah. the two top-notch schools like Michigan and Ohio State. So it does feel like this is a Washington team that is still flying under the radar. This line opened at six during the game uh, that Washington mm -hmm. was playing against Texas and swiftly went down to four and a half with some Washington money coming in. It should be noted six is a different number than four and a half. So if those professional betters like six does not mean necessarily that they like four and a half. But still, I am having trouble going against my gut here. Jenks, I know you like Michigan, and I will I say, if Washington can put up over 400 yards of passing and still almost lose a game, I think that is your sabotage factor. Because yes. as good as Michael Penix Jr. and those receivers were against Texas, it came down to the final play. So it feels like that passing game couldn't play any better, and they still almost lost that game. Then you look at Michigan, who played... I'm not going to say they played terrible, but they had plenty of mindless mistakes on the special teams, mm -hmm. even like the first um, the first series with J.J. McCarthy almost throwing a pick. It was called back, but still, it felt like a game where Michigan could have played a lot better. Washington played out of their minds, still barely won. So make the case for Michigan here, because I know you do like the Wolverines. The case for Michigan is I, I think Michigan is undervalued. I think Michigan has been undervalued all season. 
If you're looking at the eye test, and I think a lot of people use the eye test with Washington, I get it. That offense is unbelievable. But you said it. How in the world was Texas in that game at the end? I felt like we were behind three touchdowns all game long, and then I couldn't believe that I looked up and we had a chance to win that game late. And the reason why is you can move the ball on that Washington defense. Texas did it, fumbled twice. The Texas offense didn't play well, was still able to move the ball on that Washington defense. And, and that's really the crux of the argument here. Because when you hear people talk about Washington, they're going to mention Michael Penix. They're going to mention that offense. They're going to mention those receivers. And they should. But Michigan will be able to have its way, I believe, with the Washington defense. And all you need to do to beat Washington is just get a handful of stops. Texas could not do that. And I said before that game, I like Washington. I'm worried about that Texas secondary giving up the big play. That is exactly how that played out. Here, the Michigan secondary is different. The Michigan pressure on Michael Penix will be different. And Michael Penix can run a little bit. He's mobile. He's not like Jalen Milrow. The Michigan defense was able to contain Jalen Milrow. And yes, those offensive receivers are great. Penix and those receivers will get his. But Michigan is good enough to get enough stops in this game to dominate the line of scrimmage, especially late, to get the win. And I just feel like when people look at Michigan, they get bored. And they say, oh, it's Michigan. What are they going to do? Just run the ball, and then J.J. McCarthy will throw a little bit. Have you watched Washington play? Yes, I have. This is what Michigan does. I read an article a few months ago about Michigan and how a few years ago they decided, they realized we can't keep up with how Ohio State recruits. We just can't. So what we're going to do is recruit a little bit differently. The type of player that we recruit will be different. We'll be more physical. We'll have a certain mindset. We'll buy into what we're doing as opposed to getting these the most dynamic five-star athletes we can find. Now, Michigan has great athletes, but they have decided to forge an identity. And it's an identity that's not exciting, but it's an identity that wins football games. They've won every game this season by at least six points. They're going to cover the spread. So here's my next question that you just answered, because I thought you were going on a spiel about how Michigan's going to win the football game. Do we think the points matter here? Like, you just mentioned that they've won all these games by six points. Mm -hmm. Should be noted, their last one went to overtime. So even though they won, it, did. it was a very close game. But I was looking at the college football national championships over the last nine years. Only two of these have been decided by more than, uh, or excuse me, by fewer than four and a half points. We had an overtime game in 2018 between Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and Alabama back in 2017, 35-31. Other than that, we've seen a lot of blowouts. Do you think a blowout could be in the books here? I don't know about a blowout, but if any team is going to blow the other out, it's going to be Michigan. I don't see a Washington blowout of Michigan at all. I, I don't think we're going to see one here, but I, I do think just – feeding into what I was talking about, who is on Washington? Everyone is on Washington. Everyone. Every single person I talk to says, it's Washington, it's Washington, it's Washington, it's Washington. Well, maybe it's going to happen like last year where everyone on, and their dog was on TCU. 
and they said, oh, it's TCU, it's too many points. It's TCU, it's too many points. They've been undervalued all season. They've been undervalued all season. All they do is keep covering. And then when all the money was on the line in the biggest game of all, they got drilled. I don't see that happening, but I do think I could see something similar here where one side seems like the obvious side based on previous results, but we're not giving enough credit to the team that they are facing. And frankly, I think some of this has to do with the fact that Michigan cheated, and nobody likes Michigan except for Michigan. The college football world doesn't want to see Michigan win because they're like, these guys are cheaters. These guys are cheaters. And I think even if it's subtle, that kind of plays into how people want to bet this game because they don't want to see Michigan win. I think you're right. I don't think anybody's rooting for Michigan with the exception of Michigan fans, who I will say is a pretty strong fan base. Like I have never Mm -hmm. seen so many people who are Michigan fans and alums proudly waving their flags now like there's somebody on my street i live in hendersonville tennessee and there is a (laughs) michigan flag down the street i'm like all right we get it you went to michigan whatever um but i'm gonna make a case by for why the points may matter here i think points will be at a premium and if you think michigan is winning this game i do think it's going to be lower scoring because michigan is not a team that wants to run up the score they want to control the clock They want to run the football with Blake Corum and that amazing offensive line. And I just feel like this is not a team that's kind of built to blow out people. Yes, it's happened, but they've also played, you know, some weaker opponents in some of their games this season. I think Washington's a team that's built to play from behind. Uh, And we didn't see it, you know, in the college football semifinal. But still, when you have a passing offense like that, you can score in a flash. And even Mm -hmm. if it's just one breakdown by the secondary Washington's going to take advantage. And some of those throws that Michael Penix Jr. made, it doesn't matter how good the coverage was, those throws were so good. Like, did you notice that in the game against Texas? I don't even think you can put the full blame on the Texas secondary. Those felt like NFL catches and NFL passes. They were. And the Texas secondary wasn't nearly as bad as I think I'm making it out to be. But the reason why I'm angry, at least as a Texas fan, is they didn't pressure Michael Penix enough. Texas right. decided, we'll just we'll just try to pressure Michael Penix with four guys, and it wasn't working. They didn't stunt. They didn't blitz. I'm like, you got to do something. I guarantee you, you will see Michigan pressure Michael Penix because, yes, if you sit back and let Michael Penix go to work, he will crucify you. He will eviscerate you. You're, you're right. Those receivers were incredible. His passes were incredible. So the last thing you want to do is say, oh, let's just drop everybody back and see if Michael Penix can cut us up. He will. He, he's too good. That core is too good. So you have to make him uncomfortable or at least throw his timing off a bit, and that's how you get the handful of stops that you need to beat Washington. But you're not wrong. It's just that I I think Texas could have done a better job of at least disrupting his timing because I thought, God, if we give him all day, he'll kill us. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, he's certainly an NFL caliber quarterback, and I do think he's probably the best quarterback that Michigan has faced all season long. Do you think this is the best defense that Washington will have faced all season long? Oh, yeah. I believe Michigan has the number two overall defense in the country. I think Washington has the number Mm -hmm. one offense. I think Michigan is number two. So this is why another reason why 
that I like Michigan because as good as Washington is, and listen, again, Washington will score. There's no question. They will have big plays. They're too good not to. But the Michigan D is far better than any defense they is, they have faced and really doesn't have a true weakness. Whereas with Texas, you could say, and eh, that secondary can be dicey. You can't really say that about Michigan. They're strong from top to bottom. Yeah, and then the Washington defense, we saw what happened against Texas. They nearly gave yeah. it up on the last play of the game. So we'll see. It will be an interesting game for sure. I'm actually really excited for this one. And I do think the committee got it right. Like, I thought I would slip that in there right before the break. Uh, <laughs> I thought we had a great college football playoff. Can't wait till it goes to 12 teams, though. That will be even more fun. And I will be grabbing my popcorn. Coming up next on the show, time for some big plus money. The show parlay is headed your way. And I feel like there will be some dissension among the ranks with some of our picks. You'll have to wait to see. That's next on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in on this Thursday. We will do the show parlay here in a few minutes. And sorry to disappoint you guys. It's only four legs this week. Uh, Matt is not here this week, or at least, uh, you know, today. But the problem is he's been one of the better uh, additions to the parlay. I feel like his picks have been really solid. Mine, on the other hand, Jenks, it feels like every time I put a, a play in the show parlay, it immediately turns to doo-doo. Uh, so we'll see about my leg this week. But I will stick my hand up and say, I'm the problem, it's me. I've been ruining a lot of these parlays. Well, it happens, Chelsea. You've also been crushing other areas of your bets, so you're perfect this week. What am I going to say? I've been eh at the end of the year, so I wouldn't beat yourself up here. Also, you weren't the only one to lose last week. Matt also lost, so even though ah. he's had some good picks, you were not alone last week. You're not the only person that cost us, so who knows? It's tough to win a parlay. I would not kill yourself here. I'm just not a good team player. Like, I'm only good by myself. <laughs> I'm an individual okay. sport person. When there's something with a team involved where I have to give a pick for a parlay, instantly I am fading into the shadows. So maybe I'm somebody who should, you know, only give picks for myself. But, you know, we're going to do the show oh. parlay again. We do it every week. Eventually, we will win one. One would think, just due to the laws of probability, even though you look at the odds of some of these parlays, and you're like, Chelsea, I don't think you know how probability works. <laughs> you're like, like, what is the parlay this week? Like 25 to 1? Uh, plus 16.53. So whatever All that right. is, you know, over 16 to 1. So maybe yeah. we won't win one of these this year. But, you know, it's the fun and the entertainment. That's the thing about parlays that I feel like so many people like doing parlays because mm -hmm. you are paying for the thrill ride. You are not paying, you know, you're not, it feels like you're throwing away your money sometimes, sometimes, but it's almost like paying admission to Disney World. 
when you go to Disney okay. World and you don't get any money back, nobody's complaining, right? Uh, you're paying for the entertainment. Yeah, you're paying for the ride. You're paying for the experience. It's the same thing of like when you're going to Vegas or when you're mm -hmm. sitting down at a table or whatever game you're playing, of course you want to win, but ultimately you're paying for the roller coaster or the emotion or the adrenaline rush, whatever it is, or the fun of it all. Yes, you want to win, but if you're actually saying, oh, I'm going to play these parlays, oh, I'm going to win all the time, let me tell you something about how this works. Same thing in the casino. Like I was telling you when we were in New Orleans and Kath was like, we should keep playing blackjack. I think we can win a lot more. I was like, oh, honey, don't do that. Let's just leave with a profit. So you can get caught up in that mentality. You have to think about it like an experience. Yeah, you're like paying cover for a bar. But I was yeah. just thinking, when's the last time you paid cover to get in a bar? I don't, oh. if someplace has a cover charge, I'm like, was this for 18 year olds? No, thank you. Yeah. I will go somewhere else. The last time someone tried to charge me a cover and I laughed <laughs> and I walked away was there was this place in DC. It was a sports bar that opened up not, not far from where bar? I live. It was a sports Charging bar. Cars? Yeah. And, and, I, it was like a Tuesday night. This is probably, oh gosh, that's a while back. That was probably three or four years ago. And I was like, oh, this new sports bar opened up. I got off work. I thought I'll slide in. I'll have a drink. I'll watch a little bit of the game. Then I'll go home. And so I walked by and it was very, there was like neon lights everywhere, tons of screens. And I think they were trying to make it like high end. And I looked in the window, Chelsea, there's nobody in there. I mean, there's <laughs> ma like mate. There was a guy behind, maybe, maybe a person at the bar. And I walk up and there's a guy at the door and he's like $20. And I go, $20? No I swear to God, I go, no thanks. And I walked off and guess what? That place closed quickly thereafter. So I think they tried to, they tried to start at a level as opposed to saying, okay, let's sort of build a groundswell here. And then maybe if we get to a certain point, we can do this. But when you're empty on a Tuesday and you're a sports bar, I'm not dropping 20 bucks just to get in the door. It was ridiculous. $20 is ridiculous. I think the most I've paid for cover is like $7. There was this bar in college that everybody went to. It was called Buckhead. Uh, and it was $7 to get in. Uh, I remember paying in quarters at times. I was like, well, I spent oh my all God. my money on this Burnett's vodka. <laughs> so here are these quarters and here's my fake ID. Uh, cause usually those are the places that charge cover. The ones that are like the, pl the places for like, you know, 22 year olds or whatever age I was, I choose not to disclose. Uh, but yeah, I will not be paying cover to get in a bar, but I will pay cover per se to play a parlay. So let's get to it. There let's get go. to the show parlay. I can't remember if we have a sounder. Ladies and gentlemen, adults of all ages, it's time for the show parlay. That's right. Step right up and try your hand at winning some big money. So we're going to go down the line. Everybody on the staff is going to give a play. Uh, David, let's start with you. Who's your pick for this week's show parlay? Very simple. Washington Huskies, money line over Michigan. It, it comes down to me for this. I think Washington's defense is good enough to stop that Michigan offense just enough 
that that offense is going to rain down upon Michigan's defense. I don't care if the defense comes with blitzes packages from beyond. You've got three, three NFL wide receivers and a first round quarterback throwing to them. It's too much. They haven't seen anything like this all year long. Oh, clutches pearls, because I know this is going to cause some chaos because I think it's always fun when somebody picks a pick in the show parlay that goes directly against what somebody else has already said on the show. So, Jenks, if you are a team player, now you're going to have to root for (laughs) Washington, not even with the points, but on the money line. So are you a good enough teammate to say, I will swallow my pride and root for Washington because it's in the show parlay? Or are you saying, no, I'm going with Michigan still? Yeah, I'll cheer for Washington. I don't really have a dog in the fight. I just think it's wrong. I just I just don't Ooh. see Washington <laughs> beating Michigan. Like, I I, I'll cheer wrong. for the Husk. I just think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong. I, I, I don't believe in a Washington defense that is ranked 94th in the country. When you say, oh, I think Washington's defense can get enough stops, I think the opposite is true. It's the Michigan defense, the number one or number two defense in the country that is good enough to get a stop or two. That's the defense that can get a stop. Not a Washington defense that almost got beat by a Texas team that played mediocre football and almost won the game at the very end. Texas played C-level football and still almost won the game. Why? Not because of Michael Penix Jr., not because of those receivers, but because of the Washington defense or lack thereof. Defense always travels. So I'll cheer for Washington. I just don't think it's the right side. <laughs> That's a great way to start an argument. Be like, <laughs> I hear your opinion. I just think it's wrong. <laughs> I just disagree. Just end it there. That's a great way to get in a fight if you are married. Uh, David, you care to have a rebuttal here? I mean, if I have a rebuttal, it, it's going to probably take up the rest of the segment. Do you want to get to the other picks and then I'll do my rebuttal? All right. I mean, we only have, what, a few more? Okay, so Bill's not here. He's taking the Cowboys minus six and a half and the Mm. over 40 and a half. It is a same-game parlay valued at even money against the Commanders. I see it. That Commanders secondary is absolutely terrible. I think the Cowboys can score some points, and I agree with him. I think the Cowboys cover that six and a half. Jenks, who's your pick for the parlay? And I know it's not Michigan, but where are you Mm -hmm. going here? Patriots money line hosting the Jets minus 125. This is an emotional play. Why? Could be Bill Belichick's final game as a New England Patriot. Could be his final game in the NFL. Do you think they're going to let Bill Belichick go out a loser against the Jets? No, they are not. And also, this is about the Jets as well. In their last nine games overall, the Jets one and eight against the spread so if you're talking about a Jets team that doesn't cover on the road in what could be a Hall of Fame coach's final game with that franchise Patriots money line minus 125 is this game at New England yeah yeah the Patriots have been very good against the Jets at Gillette Stadium 19 and 4 against the Jets so I think Bill Belichick owns the Jets so I like that pick a lot I will be stealing it for a pick six uh thank you very much Jenks 
For me, I'm going to go with the Bears, <laughs> plus three against the Packers. I like the way that this Bears team is trending. And just because they, quote, have nothing to play for in the playoff scenario doesn't mean that they don't have anything to play for. Justin Fields is playing for his job because the Bears have a big decision to make. If they are going to choose him as the face of their franchise and you know keep him as the starting quarterback, or they can go to the draft and draft a young, fresh face. Also, you look at this defense. It's been playing better each and every week. I don't think the Packers are a trustworthy favorite. They have lost outright twice in the last three games as favorites. So I'll take the Bears getting the field goal in a big divisional matchup that obviously means more to the Packers, but I think the Bears still have plenty to play for. So there you have it. That's the show parlay. Washington money line over uh, Michigan plus 155. Cowboys minus six and a half. Over 40 and a half in that game between the Cowboys and the Commanders. We're taking the Patriots money line and we're taking the Bears plus three. Combined odds of plus 1653, a $10 wager wins $165.25. So let's see how much time we have. We have a minute left. David, make your case. Go ahead and try to um, uh, prove Jinx wrong here. What it comes down to for me is when I look at matchups, I look at comparables. Michigan, who's the toughest wide receiver that Michigan's taken on this year? It the guy was, from Ohio State. Yeah, it was Marvin Harrison Jr. He feasted in that game. Five catches. Feasted. 118 yards and a touchdown. Did Ohio State win that game? No. But you're not just having one Marvin Harrison out there. You now have three three NFL caliber wide receivers that you have to contend with. And oh God, yes, Jenks, please bring the pressure so your your secondary is one-on-one with those wide receivers for the love of God. And I don't think anyone gives the credit to Washington's offensive line that they should. They are really good and they are really, really, really put together well and no one's talking about the run game break either. time break time we got to get the yeah. break sorry david chris mack is next all offense <laughs> for more listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM. weekday mornings from 6 to 9 eastern on the beck ql network the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts